Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita monthly podcast. I'm Kim Newfeld, Executive Director, and I'm at headquarters recording with Amy. Hello, everyone. We have a lot to share, so let's jump into this month's episode. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. So, summer is here, and as you have heard, BWW has major plans to shift our organization to the next level. It is quite exciting. So, we have decided to take this opportunity to refresh our brand and look, um, including a new logo and fun merchandise. Watch for the reveal later this month. So next, we just wanted to give you an update on Bike Month. We had so much fun with Bike Month. We got to catch up with lots of old friends, meet new people. It was just super busy. It was a great month. We had It was so fun to uh, connect with people on so many different opportunities outdoors. So I always enjoy these events. And we kicked it off, as you know, with Open Streets ICT Nomar, which ended up being a fantastic day. I mean, we couldn't have had better weather. Oh, yeah. The weather was great. It was just, you know, going and setting up. Everything was green and it just turned out beautiful. It is. It's such a beautiful area of the city and so culturally diverse. Uh, the city estimated over 12,000 residents attended. And I know our bike jam course remained busy uh, the entire day. Yes. So, yes. A great event. We made many new friends on the North End. So hope to uh, do those more frequently. The other thing that we did for the first time that we haven't really done before is we did an official Bike Walk Wichita SAG stop for the Wicked Wind ride. Yeah, and that was we, fun. Yeah, we had a great time cheering our riders on and hearing their adventures out on the road. And it was just, you know, great to be in one spot and you'd see them come riding in from, from a distance and it would be groups or individuals. Mm -hmm. and and yeah, it was just a great way to interact with our, our friends. It did hurt not to ride it a little bit. It was such perfect weather for that event as well. But it was a great time hanging out in the tent. Our friends from Talanapantla, Mexico, uh, are almost here. So the cyclists have been riding up from basically Mexico City, which doing about 200 kilometers a day. That is incredible. It is, because it's 99 plus degrees yes. uh, all through Mexico and Texas right now. Right. It's definitely a feat of endurance. Uh, it takes them 13 days to get here to Wichita, and this is the 13th year that they have taken the time to ride up to see us and to hang out with us during Riverfest. Uh, if you don't know, they are the official uh, sister city for Wichita. Yes. It is just a really great event every year to see... Uh, this group, you mm -hmm. know, come mm -hmm. all the way up just to uh, hang out with us. Right. And um, they are an official convoy, which is pretty exciting. Had a pretty uneventful trip other than, you know, flats and yes. all those fun things. Um, so we are really thankful that they have made it safely. Uh, many of you may remember Raul. He has come every year and was always making the trip, uh, you know, these last few years in his 80s. Um, he has passed away this year and so is unable to join them. And uh, it was so important to his family. They knew, you know, how important the trip right. was to Wichita each year that his daughter has decided to join the group. And they are making the trip this year in memory of Raul. Um, so we are very excited to have her join and mm -hmm. to remember um, all that he has done over the years. 
um, you have several opportunities to meet the cyclists. So check out our calendar and Facebook page. They will be with us throughout the festival. And we wish them safe travels back to Mexico. And I really think we should go visit soon. Yeah. It looks like a beautiful city. Yes. And they will be also uh, riding in our parade. Yes. So we will be, of course, in the Riverfrest Parade again. Uh, we will be right behind City Council with our sister city cyclist friends. And so make sure you uh, wave and cheer us on. And then, of course, we have our bike valet parking available mm -hmm. all nine days of the festival. And it is located right at the entrance to Ackerman's Backyard, which is at Douglas and Waco. So the other good news is our bike valet is located right behind the stage. And we have yeah. plenty of room. So, you know, invite a friend or two to volunteer yes. with you, bring yes. some chairs, have a great time. It really is one of the best spots to hang out at the festival. Right. Right. And and as I always say, you know, just as with our cycling, you can be as social or as solitary as you want. Yep. And, you know, by staffing the bike valet uh, area is a really good way for me as an introvert to kind of interact with the River Festival because I don't have to be around the crowds mm -hmm. and I can just kind of watch people go by. I can chat with people as they drop their bikes off. And who doesn't like yeah. talking to other people who ride bikes about their gear, their exactly. bike? And I mean, you just get to check out everybody's bike that comes through and that's yeah. pretty cool. It's a very easy uh, volunteer job. Mm -hmm. We people we give them a ticket they park their bike and then we check it when they come back yes um so definitely if you can help us out sign up for a shift you can find it right on our website the link right above there in the show notes bikewalkwithshot.org slash volunteer we would appreciate it speaking of which we have lots of other events uh this month and coming up throughout the summer so you'll definitely want to check our facebook page and calendar but just a few to mention, to highlight, we have our second Sunday slow roll and stroll, and we will actually be meeting at Bike Walk Wichita headquarters this time and rolling up to check out the new 17th Street infrastructure, maybe the new Broadway bike lane. So join us. We'll have some shade. Uh, also, Juneteenth celebration is on mm -hmm. June 18th, and we'll have our Bike Walk Wichita table there like we always do, uh, making new friends, sharing resources, letting them know about recycle definitely can sign up uh, to help with those shifts. And then, of course, at the end of the month is Pride. And Pride will be having a unity march and a family picnic. And they'll be going from Old Town to Hyde Park. So right over here by Bike Walk, Wichita. Check out those uh, fun events. And of course, we'll be adding our Fairmount Walks, Rides, Evergreen, and other neighborhood events. Join us. We will be all out around town this summer. Hello, today we're talking with the Wichita City Council member for District 3, Mike Hoheisel. We're recording this in May 2022. Welcome to Bike Walk, Wichita. We're glad to have you here, glad to have the opportunity to talk with you. Thank you for having me here. I always look for any opportunity to engage with the public, and um, this is no exception, so I'm thrilled to be here chatting with you guys. Well, thank you. So you were just elected to the council about four months now. Oh, is that it? I mean, it feels like four years already. <laughs> and you didn't serve in any public office before then. I understand you were real active in some neighborhood activities and stuff, but can you tell us what we need to know about you as a, as a city council member and a member of the community? Yes, sir. Um, 
I lived in District 3 for most of my life. 31 of the 39 years I've walked the earth now. Um, six months old, up until my early 20s, I lived at Pawnee and Broadway. You know, I, I don't think you can hold the six months I lived in Winfield before uh, I moved to Wichita against me. <laughs> uh, I was an infant then, so you blame that one on my mom. And I love South Wichita. I love people in South Wichita. We have our own culture down here. That's my family members. That's my friends. Those are the people I grew up with and went to school with. And so I, I am humbled and honored to get a chance to really help the people in my community out. I've gone to the same church my whole life, St. Anne's. It's right off of Seneca Street. So it's not technically in my district, but I can stand in my district and hit it with a rock if I wanted to. I'm not so sure our priest would approve of that, but um, <laughs> it's a possibility. I, I was baptized there, first uh, communion, confirmation, first confession. I got married there. God willing, I'll have my funeral there. <laughs> so hopefully that's a little ways off anyways. Um, so I, I've been involved in a number of community groups through my church and then just groups about also pertaining to immigration, immigration rights, immigration reform, criminal justice reform, voting rights. Those are the main three that I've pursued outside of just basic stewardship with my community. And I've been involved in the political process as well. I've been a precinct committee person for a few years now. And um, when people were approaching me about running for offices last time around, I was hesitant at first. And then I thought about it a little more. And if you have a chance to really do some good things, I think it's something you should jump at the opportunity for. So I, I threw my hat in the ring. I knocked on a ton of doors. I lost a lot of weight when I was doing that. Talked to a lot of people. I None of the issues that have come up in the third district have surprised me because I've been in the district for so many years mm -hmm. and I've seen the issues that continuously pop up and some of the newer issues that have taken a step back in our district. So it's, it's gonna be a hard process to really address a lot of these issues, but we got a great group of people down south. And I know that if we band together and come together, we will address these issues and we will make our community a safe place to hand off to our children in the future. All right, well, thank you. What is your experience or your family's experience with biking and walking and transit in, in your neighborhood particularly? Well, I, I grew up at Pawnee and Broadway, and that is right next to the river. Mm -hmm. And so when we were younger, we utilized that bike trail quite a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, those were the day trips that we took as, as a group of friends. You know, it's almost like it's out of a Stephen King novel, um, <laughs> riding up and down the, uh, the bike trail there, um, also riding bikes within our neighborhoods. Hopefully they ended better. Yeah, yeah, we didn't <laughs> lose anybody along the way, so that, that's always a plus. I also utilized that, that walking trail. I was a wrestler in high school and college. So there were quite a few times I had to drop those extra two or three pounds. And <laughs> so you might've seen me out there chugging away along the bike path down to the old YMCA and, mm -hmm. and back home. So 
I, I had a great time on my bicycle when I was younger. You just you had such a, such freedom. You mm-hmm. driving around your neighborhood and like you're a fighter pilot. You know, getting going at top speed on your bike and it was one of those fond memories you don't realize you're making at the time mm-hmm. and that you're going to miss when you get older. So I actually grew up in District 3, and I remember when that bike path was put in. Uh, and actually, the, the first part of it, I think, was was the north part of that uh, section from Pawnee to downtown, or maybe even Harry to downtown, I can't remember. Uh, but I was out uh, riding on that at, at midnight uh, when I was... Uh, younger too so yep yeah, lots you, of memories from that you may have may have ran across as being little little <laughs> bad kids along the path there sometimes but uh we grow we all grow out of our honoriness i i think well, most so, of us anyways so what's your view of the the role of of walking and biking in transit in the life of district three and and wichita as a whole uh well i'm glad you made a a distinguishment between District 3 and the city because down in District 3 we have our own set of barriers and issues that we're facing. Transit to begin with is a is a big one because we are on the bottom rung of the city as far as economics goes. We have a lot of people who live in poverty. We have a lot of people who do not have access to a car and by proxy just transportation around the city. Some of those we can't address with bike trails and bike lanes in the roads. Some of them unfortunately are people who are disabled Mm -hmm. and who are elderly. We're we're really going to have to rethink about how we redo transit in the future because there's a lot of people, especially people who are in food deserts, which again that's over half of my district is a food desert. Mm -hmm. People who have difficulty getting to and from the grocery store transit is it's on a lifeline right now and the issue with transit is we don't have the ridership to help pay for transit so if we really want to extend the services to people who honestly need it who actually need it we're going to have to think about how we're going to fund transit and what exactly our routes are going to look like in the future we are moving to green vehicles green city buses that are electric And as a matter of fact, we are so far ahead of the curve that we don't qualify for federal grants anymore because uh, such a high percentage of our fleet is electric. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. I didn't either until a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, on one hand, it's it's nice to be ahead of the curve there and on the forefront of going green Mm -hmm. as far as cities go. On the other hand, it sure would be nice to have a little bit of extra help from... uh, from the federal government in terms of funding it. But we're going to keep plugging away on that just to make the air more breathable. We do have air pollution issues at certain times of the day and of the year, you know, especially when the Flint Hills are on fire. Mm -hmm. So we have to be mindful of that. And as far as biking goes, this is something that can be incredibly useful for my district because, like I said, there's not a lot of people who can't afford automobiles and with the price of gas right now it's hurting people in my district more than it is hurting people in other districts Mm -hmm. so the better we can do to address a clean cheaper form of transportation around the city 
the better it's going to be for my district. All right. So you mentioned that we don't have the uh, ridership to support paying for the, the transit uh, and that there's a lot of people that need to use the transit. In fact, I think for the city as a whole, and it's probably even more in District 3, as you say, about 17% of all of the households in the city don't own a car and they need alternative transportation. On the other hand, there is in, in some quarters objection to paying for the transit, uh, especially if the transit, a lot of cities are going to fare-free transit to in, encourage the ridership there and pe- there's some objection to providing free transit. But it, on the other hand, there's no objection to providing free roads and free streets uh, to everybody else that owns, owns a car. So I'm not sure what, that there's a, uh, a real reason to deny free transit to the people that need to use that for transportation. Right. It, I mean, it all gets back to funding. Yeah. You know, we have to figure out how to, how to pay for everything. I am a fiscally responsible person, I think, is the best way to categorize my economic views. Uh, while recognizing the barriers that people in my district have. One of the issues that we have to face is the culture we have in Wichita. It's so easy to take take for granted how easy it is for me to hop in my car and 20 minutes I can be anywhere else in the city I want to. I can afford to pay for my own gas. The highway system is pretty well maintained. It's pretty free-flowing unless you just happen to hit that rush hour traffic or there's an accident. So uh, Wichita is, as it currently stands, a pretty accessible city as far as vehicle transportation. And that's led to a culture that's become reliant on it. Mm -hmm. So part of the challenge that we face is encouraging people to take public transportation. The Q-Line, I think, has been showing some promise, Mm -hmm. um, taking people downtown and as downtown continues to grow, that might be a, a good option for several people. We also have to provide the product that is reliable and efficient. Sure. And I think maybe that's part of the holdup with transit at the time is we have an outdated model as far as the bus routes are concerned. So if we can improve efficiency on that mm-hmm. and hopefully just market ourselves better, we can start attracting um, a better ridership. Let's change topics a little bit. In your campaign, you focused on a number of issues that we also spend a significant amount of time addressing. For example, you've expressed a concern that neighborhood residents' concerns are not addressed as well as should. They're ignored in favor of other interests. We've also made a real effort to focus at the neighborhood level. We have specific initiatives in a couple of neighborhoods, Evergreen and and the Fairmount uh, area, where we are trying to lead walks, lead rides, talk to the residents about what they need in that uh, neighborhood to be better able to to get around and so forth. Looking at your neighborhood and District 3 as a whole, what are some specific things that you can think of that uh, can be done to improve the ability to get around in the neighborhood itself? Um, The first thing I think we need to do is encourage people to come out and get active again. Um, Our neighborhood associations are pretty much on life support right now. 
I have 17 neighborhood associations in my district. Only 13 of them are active. And if you go around, and I've been hitting them all up, if you go around to them, I think in every, every neighborhood association meeting, with the exception of two, I am the youngest person there mm-hmm. by about 20 years. There's a generation gap there. Mm-hmm. There's um, a lot of youth who view neighborhood associations as HOAs. Mm-hmm. And we need to change how they view that because that really is, that's the, the megaphone to talk to the city government, to the city council is through neighborhood associations if you have them run right and well organized. So I would encourage people to get out there and even if it's not a neighborhood association, neighborhood groups, we need to get back out there again. I, I think this was going on before COVID, but COVID exacerbated the problem. The more face-to-face conversations we can have with our neighbors, the more we can understand what exactly our neighbors' issues are, and the more we can offer our help ourselves, the better we're going to be at relaying that to the city and talking about things that can be done. So I, I think that would be the most important step right there is just getting back in communication with our neighbors through whatever vehicles we can. Absolutely, and I, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, we have said many times that although we are Bike Walk Wichita and we focus on biking and walking as activities, what we're really trying to do is to improve Wichita as a place to live. And it's very clear that communities, cities, and, and neighborhoods that encourage biking and walking are stronger. They're stronger socially because of the things that you mentioned. People are out meeting each other, seeing each other in the neighborhood. They're stronger financially because then they get out and they support the neighborhood businesses and so forth. They're obviously healthier because people are out walking. You mentioned uh, losing a couple of pounds (laughs) on the the bike trail. And uh, they're safer because people know their neighbors uh, more and so forth. And so although we are a a biking and walking advocacy organization, like I say, our our real focus is to make Wichita a better place to live. And we think that those two objectives are very, very compatible. Right. My, My granddad always said, and it's not his saying, but he was a country boy. So he had a thousand country sayings that he memorized. <laughs> Closed mouth, don't get fed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you look at a lot of the neighborhoods that do get a lot of the attention, College Hill, mm-hmm. Riverside, they're very organized. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people at the neighborhood association mm-hmm. meetings. You, you look through my district, and there's a lot of neighborhoods that are in these. South Broadway, Hilltop, mm-hmm. Plainview. And so one of my main goals is to get a lot of these um, neighborhood associations back on track in terms of numbers. And that way, again, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So make a little bit of noise, tell people what you want, what you're expecting, come up with plans on your own, and let's help each other make our community great. So as I mentioned, we already have specific efforts in the Fairmount and, and uh, Evergreen uh, neighborhoods. But we've been active all over the city. We've led a number of walks and bike rides uh, around District 3. We've had uh, bike jams. 
where we go in and do kind of a bike rodeo for kids and give away bikes for them, you know, like 20 bikes at a time, something like that. And we've done a number of those in O.J. Watson Park and in Chapin Park and in other areas in, in District 3. If there's anything else that we can do, uh, whether with you or with any of the neighborhood associations or any of the other organizations in District 3 to help in uh, that effort, please let us know. We'd be, love to talk to you about it. All right. I'll, I'll hold you to that. Yeah, that I'm that guy. So. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, there's one of the great things about District 3 is the great parks that we have. Plainview Park, Clapp Park, like you mentioned, Watson Park, Cessna Park. Um, there's so many great parks throughout our district, and it is great to see them being utilized through walks and through bike mm-hmm. bike trails and biking events through there. So as much of that as we can get going, that'll be a great thing for kids to get into the habit of doing mm-hmm. and hopefully continue that in the future. Well, we'd love to help out. So. I appreciate that. All sir. right. So another issue that you've identified as impacting the city and District 3 in particular is the homeless population. Uh, The homeless outreach team and the Broadway Quarter team work with that population to assist them in getting housing and in getting jobs uh, and other resources, but they also need transportation then to get uh, to the job and to the different resources. So one of our major efforts is what we call our recycle program, where basically we take donations of bikes, we fix them up, and we give them away. And when I say that we give them away, we don't just hand them out to whoever walks in the door and says they want a bike, but we do work with a lot of different organizations like the HOT team and the Broadway Corridor team, and in fact with the International Rescue Committee that works with refugees, who are not necessarily homeless, but they're also part of that program. And uh, whenever they tell us that they're working with someone that needs a bike, they give them a voucher and uh, we give them a bike. Uh, they can come in and get a bike from us. So. I can appreciate that. I hear this all the time that transportation is one of the biggest obstacles to people. 70% of our homeless population has either a mental health or an addiction issue mm-hmm. and 50% have both. If we are able to get people into uh, the right therapy that they need, they have to be able to get back and forth to the doctor's office. We have a lot of moving parts right now with the Mental Health Coalition plan. Um, It appears we're going to get a mental health institution built in Wichita, and people are going to need, like I said, transportation to get to and from, to and from work. Our housing department is doing a great job as far as rehousing people that want to be rehoused. We've done such a good job that most of the homeless people we have left, like I said, have mental health or addiction Mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop with the homeless people as well. You hear about transportation issues with Goodwill Industries, that that's a difficult stop for them out there on the north side of Wichita as well. So we have to be very mindful of the populations we help and exactly how do we continue to help them on their path to recovery? How do we continue to provide the services that they need to help themselves on these paths forward? So I, I appreciate the program that you guys are running here. I really do. It's, it's great to see just so many people out helping and having as many eyeballs and as many hands on these issues as we can is vital to actually solving these issues. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. 
We touched on it earlier, but having a, a bike uh, is only one piece of the puzzle. You need to have some place safe to ride. And as you mentioned, some of the services like Goodwill or His Helping Hands are uh, up in the north part of the city. Uh, we've actually just recently started talking to the people that receive bikes from us about where they live, where they're riding to, to just to get an idea of where facilities are needed. And a lot of the people that we work with live kind of on the edge of the city and work more in the center of the city or need resources in different, in different parts of the city. So it's really interesting to see where they are riding and what problems they're having accessing uh, any safe form of transit uh, from where they're getting to. So we are continue to promote the additional bike lanes like the one that, that was, that's being completed on uh, Mount Vernon and uh, in other areas of the city. So anything that we can do to continue to promote those, uh, we will. And any, any additional help we can get from the city to do that, we would appreciate. I, I appreciate that, too. I actually live four houses down from Mount Vernon. Okay. So um, my wife and my kid actually bought new bicycles two weeks ago, and they've been taking it over to Clapp Park and riding around through Clapp Park. And I'd love to see that accessibility expand mm-hmm. around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we need to be mindful on as we build forward in the future as well, is keeping in mind bike paths and bike trails and walking trails and connectivity, making sure that it's not just a isolated trail from here to here, but that it goes all the way through the city, all the way through the corridors, so that way you have transportation throughout. It also helps with safety because... Quite frankly, Mount Vernon, I get a ton of complaints every month about that stretch of Mount Vernon that's still mm-hmm. two-way or two lanes on each side, uh, people dragging, drag mm-hmm. racing all mm-hmm. the time. So if it is narrowed down to one and you have a bike lane there, it does slow traffic down. So mm-hmm. it's a safety issue as well. And this ties in to safety overall because, like I said, I live off of Mount Vernon between Mount Vernon and Pawnee. So a lot of people use my street as a cut around. So I'll sit here in my living room because there's only one street that separates in between Pawnee and Mount Vernon. And I'll hear people just hot rotting up and down my street all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It scares me to let my 10 year old little girl ride in the street because some bozos mm-hmm. just flooring it like that. Mm-hmm. So safety in our neighborhoods is another thing we have to look at in order to protect um, people who choose to bike or walk. Absolutely, I think uh, that's, a, that's a great point and that's something uh, I mentioned the, the Fairmount Evergreen initiatives that we're undertaking and so we're focusing on those because frankly we have a grant to have some staff time uh, spent on in those areas and so forth but that's something we're looking at all over the city is that uh, is at the neighborhood level and what can be done to improve just the safety uh, within the neighborhood and so forth. I think there are several ideas. Love to talk to you about uh, some specific uh, thoughts on, on your block and so forth, but uh, we don't need to do that in a, <laughs> in a, door is in a public always open. Book. All right, great. A third area that you focused on in your campaign was the need to attract young people uh, to Wichita for careers, for growth, and so forth. And one of the most important things to do that is to improve the quality of life 
in the city. What can the city do to do that? What does that look like for Wichita, improving the quality of life? I, I think this might also be another one where there's a difference between the city of Wichita and South Wichita in particular. Okay. Yeah. Um, South Wichita, if you walk along uh, the South Broadway corridor, you're going to see a whole host of issues mm -hmm. along the corridor. You're going to see um, sex trafficking. You're going to see people with mental health issues. You're going to see loose dogs running around. Um, there's a whole host of issues that we need to address on the south side. Mm -hmm. And we have a particular culture on the south side. It's not dependent on the government. It's dependent on each other. Um, so if we can keep the, the social bonds that we have already there, and on top of that, have a make sure that our government is reactive to their needs, is reactive to the dumping issue, you know, dumping going on and destroying uh, the property values of a neighborhood. People want to take pride in their homes and their neighborhoods. We also have such a high rental rate in our district right now that some people who are renting, they're not going to keep take care of the house as the same as they would if they own the house. So again there's there's a lot on the plate as far as south wichita goes so when i talk about um, basic quality of life issues it's do you feel safe letting your kid go down to the playground to the neighborhood park do you feel safe letting your kid cross the street and play with the neighbor's kids Th those are the issues that i think of Okay. in those regards because I have a lot of families that live on my district with a lot of young children, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. myself included. Mm -hmm. And that's always going to be issue number one is the safety of the children and well-being of the children. Now, if you're talking, if you're expanding that to the city of Wichita as a whole, we're at an exciting point in our city right now because we are seeing development. We're seeing um, younger generations take charge and, and make the city what they want it to what it wanted to be we're seeing a lot more pride in our city than i think we have in years past and there's a lot of people who recognize the the benefit of a low cost place to live you know the cost of living here is minuscule compared to mm -hmm. so many other places we were in dc mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. and i told people what i paid on my mortgage for a three-bedroom house and they about fell out of their chair because they're paying more than twice as much for a two-bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I kept joking, hey, this is the best recruiting tool we have here. <laughs> but it, it, it might be the truth. And so there's a lot of people who get out a little bit and they just see the total cost of living for other places in this country. And they come back home and say, okay, well, let's build something here. Let's make this city something that other people from other areas of the country might come here and say, okay, this, this can be home for me. This can be a place where I can put roots down and raise my own family here. So we are, we're, we're at a very exciting place in the future of our city. And a lot of it has to do with listening to the people who are coming out, the things that they want to see, art around the city, murals around the city, parks. Everybody loves parks, having cool, neat places to hang out. I think the revitalization we're seeing in downtown Wichita and Old Town Wichita, um, that'll be a great anchor to attract and keep people here as well. 
I think that's a great point to focus on the two different areas or the, the distinction between the District 3 and the, and the city of the, as a whole, particularly the downtown area. For District 3, I think one thing that I have read and that you may want to look at is that one of the issues with uh, lower income neighborhoods or the neighborhoods that have not received the attention from the city that uh, others have is that it's kind of a declining cycle that if the city doesn't invest in the area then the residents don't feel like there's a lot of opportunity for increasing the value of, of their homes and so forth and so they don't necessarily reinvest in those areas. On the other hand if the city takes the initiative and starts to improve the area by making sure that the streets are maintained, making sure that the parks are maintained and that sort of thing, then that generates a sense of pride in all of the, the residents of, of the area and uh, induces them to invest more in their properties and so forth. And at the same time, an element of that is that from what I have seen in other cities, and from very small examples in Wichita that the residents of District 3 or areas like District 3 are very likely paying more in property taxes for their property than uh, other areas in the city. They're paying a disproportionate amount right. uh, in property taxes and yet not getting the services that uh, other areas of the city are getting. And that's not because it's District 3, it's because generally what cities do is, is tax older established uh, neighborhood, residential neighborhoods at higher valuations compared to what their, their actual value is than, than newer uh, areas. Right. I, I think you hit on two points there. Um, one, we all are aware of the spike in property taxes that has happened here recently. Um, especially this last time around. Housing prices are going through the roof right now, and as such, so goes property taxes. We are being hit disproportionately harder on property taxes on the south side. They say, well, that's because we have a lot of room to maneuver, and any improvements you feel in the district or in the area is going to substantially raise the value compared to other areas that are already established and well ran. So in 2017, the voter voting turnout for the city council race was 4%. 4% of voters in my district turned out for mm -hmm. 2017's race. Uh, my opponent and I got out there and we had a pretty robust and hard campaign and we about doubled that this last time around. So there was a little room to maneuver, but you knock on the doors and you listen to the people and there's little to no expectation that the city government's going to come in and do anything right or anything mm -hmm. helpful. Mm -hmm. Some of that is just the the visual of it, I guess. We haven't done a good job marketing the things that we've done to help people, and part of it is that our district has been taken for granted. A lot of times it's just, well, we need you to rubber stamp what's going on in downtown Wichita, we need you to rubber stamp this project or that project or this economic development or that. 
we need to have people down here who are working. We need to have people down here who are listening to the people who are out in the communities working. I go through the community and you look at, um, like in Hilltop, one of our more notorious neighborhoods around the city, but they have Stepstone there, which is a place mm-hmm. where battered women can go and leave their abusers and for up to two years, they can go and get educated there. They can have their children in a safe, secure place. That's right in the middle of Hilltop. And Helping Hand is there as well, where they have a food bank. They're helping people get back on their feet, helping people who really need it. So we have a ton of great people around the district who are already out there working. We need people here who can coordinate with all of them. We need people who can publicize all the services that are there. And then we need people who can listen to what the barriers that are being put up there. One of the issues with Stepstone is it's right next to St. Joe's Hospital. So St. Joe's Hospital currently is, for lack of a better term, it is a mental health institution at this point. So there are a lot of people who get out of St. Joe's Hospital and they walk over and the only thing they got worth a dang at St. Joe's was diagnosed. You can't hold them for any longer than what is legally prescribed and there's very little availability for outside treatment. So they're hanging around the neighborhood. A lot of the mothers feel unsafe because there are people who are mentally unstable hanging around the playground where their children play. And this is something I've heard from the director of Stepstone directly. So we need to listen for these barriers and help clear these barriers so that way all these groups that are in there doing great things for the district and for the neighborhoods are able to fully realize their potential. That makes sense. Yeah. So on a little bit different subject, but I think really on the, in, in, in the same area, have you had a chance to uh, look at the places for people plan? I know that was adopted before you came on the council, but it is something that's still being implemented and had I know several city council uh, sessions on it and so forth. So uh, have you had a chance to look at that? And what what are your views on that? I'm familiarizing myself with it as best I can. Um, I support it in general because we frankly do have a housing problem right now. I was speaking with um, the director of St. Anthony's Family Shelter just a couple of days ago. And she was relaying to me the real issue that they're facing right now is being able to get because they they focus on families homeless families Mm -hmm. they want to get them rehoused and not necessarily through the city housing program but through their own program Mm -hmm. but there's just not an availability of houses right now Mm -hmm. because there's so few available houses so i i do think that it's worth going back and backfilling a lot of areas around the city where we do have available for growth. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at multifamily dwellings as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like we're afraid of heights. We have spread out so far in the city, <laughs> east and west especially, yeah. and we're trying to go down south the best we can too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, urban sprawl is something that there's a lot of difficulties and a lot of unintended consequences that you face if you continue to build outward Mm -hmm. um, transportation among them. Mm -hmm. So I I support it in general. There are some issues that have been raised from people in my community about 
community members and neighborhoods being able to have a say in what's going in Mm -hmm. in the area. So I do want to make sure that we take a long, hard look at the actions we have in front of us, make sure that we have community buy-in, make sure it's just like most of the other zoning cases we're taking into account the neighborhoods, just the, the overall look of the neighborhood, and we're making a really wise, judicious decision when we're, when we're dealing with the Places for People program. All right. We are very much in favor of really all aspects of, of the plan, primarily because, going back to some of our earlier conversation, it is probably the most fiscally responsible way that Wichita can improve the availability of housing and to make the best use of the facilities that it already has in place. The great thing about the core part of Wichita, including the core part of the south side, is that those streets already exist. The water mains already exist and so forth there. We don't need to build more. So to the extent that we can make better use of those and build on on the the areas that those already serve is a whole lot cheaper uh, for the city to do that than it is to build a new subdivision on on the edge of town. And coincidentally, that leads to a more walkable, bikeable neighborhood and creates all of the benefits that I was talking about earlier of and that you mentioned of having a closer knit uh, neighborhood. So we're very much in favor of it and want to encourage uh, moving forward with that. I know it's a it's a long process, but yes, uh, we'll be we'll be behind it. I can appreciate that. Yeah. The uh pace of government is not for uh the go-getters. I can just say <laughs> that. So another area that uh, you have talked about is uh support for small businesses. That is an area that is less obviously uh, connected with, with biking and walking, although we, we believe that there are definitely some, some connections there. But what uh, are ideas that you have that the city can do? Well, some improve? of the things the city's doing now, um, we have all the programs that, are, that you, you may or may not know, all the acronyms, the, the IRBs, the EDXs, the TIFs that get thrown at a lot of the big businesses. Mm -hmm. Recently, we've expanded those to include small businesses, you know, five jobs or up. So a lot of small businesses are open to these uh, tax exemptions nowadays and um, some of the tax credits that are out there. Also, and this um, this is going back to my district, we have two opportunity zones in my district. One is on East Terry and one is on South Broadway. Now, you, you look and compare East Harry to South Broadway, and it's almost night and day. I live pretty mm-hmm. close to East Harry. We have the, mm-hmm. the new gym there that went up in the old Dillon's. We have WSU Tech and the old Wichita Mall. A ton of new restaurants. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, if you get a chance, their fried rice is fire. So uh, give that a spin. <laughs> I'll right. give them a little plug here. All right. Um, but then you look at South Broadway, who they're given the exact same property tax exemptions as East Terry, and South Broadway is suffering. 
and a lot of that has to do with the transient traffic that we have there a lot of that has to do with sex trafficking a lot of the other issues that we've been talking about here a lot of the old stalwart uh, businesses have closed shop up there Mike Steakhouse my mm-hmm. one of my best friends growing up his dad owned Mike Steakhouse mm. we'd skip out of school every now and then I'm sorry Miss Reed my fourth grade teacher um, <laughs> we'd go up there and get some ice cream and whatnot um, but a lot of those old old businesses that we loved throughout all those years like the nifty kitchen they've closed down and there's nothing but vacant buildings left in the wake so what we need to do is we need to provide safe, welcoming spaces that customers and businesses both feel safe opening up in the areas, something that they're not afraid that um, the copper wiring is going to get stripped from the air conditioning unit, which is going on a lot. Mm-hmm. So we need to provide security. We need to clean it up, make sure that it's acceptable as far as appearance goes. and. We need to really foster the environment to let the small businesses grow as they see fit. I can get a little further in the weeds here. There was a, a shop at 47th and Broadway, Mopig, and they deal with collectibles. You know, they'll, they'll bill themselves as a, a shop for nerds. Mm-hmm. You know, comic books and Pokemon cards and whatnot. They were broken into a couple of months ago back-to-back nights by the exact same people Hmm. and if that that's going on it's tough to to open or continue a business in in an area of town and again our our police department's doing everything they can we have such a staff shortage right now Um, it's tough to get people to stick in the job especially because what they signed up for isn't what they're getting what they're getting nowadays is almost entirely dealing with domestic violence Mm -hmm. and mental health issues. So they're not really able to Mm -hmm. go and, for lack of a better term, go chase down the bad guys. You know, what they have are a lot of hurt people who are hurting people in return or who need Mm -hmm. help themselves. So if we want to improve security, if we want to improve just basic police patrol we got to get our hands around the mental health crisis that we have Mm -hmm. going through our society right now and it's not just wichita it's our whole country so that that's one of the main things we can do i think is crack down on that make sure that the police department is able to get back to doing what they need to do and provide security for people in places like south broadway okay So if someone is interested in improving Wichita, whether it's South Broadway or, or the neighborhood that they live in or whatever, what suggestion would you have for them? Uh, first, I would check and see if your neighborhood association is up and going. Mm-hmm. That's always a good place to start. I would also identify what exactly you're passionate about because that's going to give you the biggest drive and the biggest bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. If you're, you really care about an issue or two issues, go out there and act on it. For example, we have Richard Ruth, who's doing Neighbors Indeed. Mm-hmm. He's a District 3 resident, but this program is expanded to include all of Wichita. And if there are people there who have issues 
elderly people who are having issues maintaining their houses, um, he'll go and he'll cut down the tree for them. Uh, he'll mow the grass for them. Uh, he'll get the dumpsters out there and clean out the areas. So look for programs like that that you feel can make a difference that, that fits your worldview or your desires as far as what you want to do in the community and follow suit because there are plenty of organizations out there and if there's not one that fits your fits your idea make one we've seen it with um ict fridge you know they're putting mm-hmm. fridges up mm-hmm. in different places around the city right. and they fill it up and if you need food if you're running low it's the end of the month and you can't make it to the next paycheck no questions asked go there open mm-hmm. it up and take what you need so you see those programs and they're grassroots and they're homegrown, follow suit. Either sign up, join one of them, or start one of your own. All right. Well, thank you. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like <laughs> to address? Um, so. go, go to the District 3 uh, Facebook page or sign up for our newsletter. We're going to be doing a ton of stuff here in the future around Plainview, around Hilltop, around South Broadway. We're going to be painting murals on buildings up and down South mm-hmm. Broadway here in the next couple of months. Again, clean up the appearance. Try and make people feel safe and secure. Bring people together as a community again. That's the most powerful thing we can have in, in helping each other is just having our neighbors look out for us. So keep your eyes open to things coming up. The uh, Brush Up Broadway event will have already happened by the time this podcast gets out, but we're going to expand it and take it around the city. So that'll be something to look forward to as well. Brush Up ICT, I think, is the moniker we're going by. So just just keep your eyes open for any of these um, grassroots organizations that we're, we're hopefully going to support here in the next couple of years. All right. Well, great. Someone wants to talk to you. Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? There's a number of ways. I am not a social media person at all. I have a Facebook page that I hate to tell you, I I unplug from Facebook as much as I possibly can. Email, I'm, I'm a little more deliberate about. So if you email me, usually within two or three days, you'll get a response. I make sure and go through and answer as much of my email as I can. And your email is? My email is mhhoheisel at wichita.gov. So mhhoheisel at wichita.gov. And it's a little different because it's usually just the first initial and the last name. But my sister-in-law works for the uh, library. So her, her email is the mhoheisel. And she's been getting a fair share of my hate mail over the last <laughs> couple of months. So um, there's an extra H in there, so two H's back-to-back, and that'll separate it. But please, reach out to me on any issues. I don't care if you live in my district or not. I love to hear what people think. Um, that's the whole idea of democracy is it's an exchange of ideas. We put them out there in front of people, and we vote, and... Hopefully together we make the right decisions and the strongest ideas rise to the top. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, for your willingness to talk to us, and for your, for your ideas. Uh, we appreciate it. 
No, uh, sir, I appreciate I appreciate everything you guys do. Like I said, when I'm talking about grassroots organizations, this one is right up there with the rest, and um, it's just great seeing people taking charge of their own lives and of the future of the city. Well, great. We look forward to working with you more going forward. Thank you very yes. much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you, Councilmember Ho Heisel and Allen, for our interview. I mean, I always appreciate these interview with decision makers. It, it is just so interesting to hear the different things going on in our city. And the information that Councilmember Ho Heisel provides for the south side of Wichita was just so surprising to me. When you hear stats like, 17% of the households on the South Side don't have a car. Yeah, that was really, I live on the South Side and that was still really shocking to me. I know uh, when we have worked with the city and worked on grants, we mm -hmm. the data point that we typically see as an average for the city is about 8% of households do not have, own, a, own a vehicle, right, right. which we know is only going up yes. uh, with the price of gas and upkeep and used vehicles and everything else. Yes. So. To hear that Southside is 17% mm -hmm. is quite a bit, you know, shocking. Yes. And the other thing, I am kind of a nerd and I've been watching the Census Bureau data being released. And so the U.S. Census Bureau reports that 25% of households in Sedgwick County are dealing with a disability. Yeah. And when you kind of look at that in conjunction with the households that don't have vehicles and stuff... I mean, so many of us take for granted our ability to just hop in a car mm -hmm. and drive to the grocery store on a whim. It's like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm out of butter. Yeah. You know, let me just run to Dylan's and, and grab mm -hmm. some. I mean, this is not something that we generally have to coordinate a ride with somebody right. or a ride, you know, coordinate a ride to the store, to the doctor. And a lot of people do. I mean, they it's do. not something that they can just do on a whim. And many folks, even if they have a difficult time affording a car, they they probably have a difficult time affording Uber or mm -hmm. Lyft. Mm -hmm. So that's not really a viable option for them either. Mm -hmm. And so transportation equity and accessibility is becoming a huge issue for Wichita, given that so much of the city is designed yeah. for car infrastructures. You know, when we advocate heavily for multimodal designed infrastructure, we're not wanting to get rid of cars. We want more options for people with ADA issues in electric wheelchairs. We want options for people who can only afford a bicycle. I mean, there are so many more options needed to meet the needs of our neighbors who have these non-traditional transportation issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just, it, it is shocking, the, the numbers that are coming out. Yes. And so much that we can do. Um, and so it was really exciting to hear Councilmember Hoheisel's support for working mm -hmm. on multimodal projects and for thinking about safety from age 8 to 80, you know. Right, yeah. So uh, yep. we are definitely excited uh, to partner more in District 3 and uh, look forward to working with Councilmember Hoheisel. Thank you for taking uh, an afternoon to join us for the podcast interview. So our mental health moment for the month of June is about rest. I mean, rest is so vital for our mental health, our ability to concentrate, our memory. It helps 
when we rest, our immunity system is able to kind of re renew itself and be work better for us. It reduces stress. Rest is kind of a foundational thing for so many other health mm-hmm. needs. So, and it's something that we just kind of overlook, you know, yeah. we push through things, we push, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to get this done. I've got to get that done. There just aren't enough hours in the day. How many candles can we burn mm-hmm. at both ends? You know, and, and also what I have found is during the summer, our days get so long, you know, the daylight is so long. It's still light at 9 p.m. And then the sun comes up at 5.30 a.m. And I have a hard time sleeping when there's so much brightness outside. So I have um, tracked down some blackout curtains and I'm kind of trying that out to see if that will help me rest during the summer because I have a hard time getting the hours in that I need just because the daylight is so invasive into my sleeping time. Yeah, absolutely. This month, we would like to shine the spotlight on Alan Kyler. Most everyone involved with Bike Walk, which has crossed paths with Alan. I remember back around probably 2013 or so, mm-hmm. Alan started attending our monthly meetings, uh, which at that time were still held at City Arts. And I clearly remember the meeting when he simply looked at us and asked, what are you doing for people who need to bike every day? Um, I just, I remember all of us just looking back at him, you know, thinking, <laughs> well, our, this is a very new group. We're mostly recreational riders. Some right. of us do bike commute, but yeah. really hadn't thought about the topic and actually worked on any strategies. We were really, at that time, focused on the adoption of the master bicycle plan and some yes. really major projects. So Alan took it upon himself to visit with the staff at United Methodist Open Door Shelter and others, you know, who serve the the people struggling with homelessness and developed his own program. He began providing free bike repair out of his minivan at Open Door uh, on Wednesday mornings and became quite popular, uh, establishing relationships with many of our future recycle shop volunteers and uh, community partners, for example, Wichita Police Department's Homeless Outreach yes, Team, yes. Um, and other service agencies. The Wichita Eagle ended up capturing a, an awesome photo of Alan repairing a bike uh, out of the back of his minivan and ran it on the front page. And that ended up actually leading to a local landlord offering Bike Walk Wichita rental space here at 131 South Laura. Uh, which was excellent. That really helped us, you know, establish a headquarters and shifted our whole organization into, you know, a thriving, right? you know, we, organization where residents could come in and lead projects, mm-hmm, uh, advocate, mm-hmm. and then also establish our recycle bike shop. Alan worked alongside a handful of volunteers, including some of our friends from Open Door, Uh, to establish an inclusive space really in Recycle that would meet the needs of the people that we were intending. Right. We appreciate all that Alan has done to, you know, develop our entire uh, Recycle program, like I said, with the help of numerous volunteers. And he remains a weekly volunteer in the shop. So if you drop in, you'll often find him in there uh, helping Mm -hmm. people work on their bikes. In addition, of course, during that time, he also served two full-time terms on our board of directors. So Alan has definitely worked throughout the entire, you know, internal structure of Bike Walk Wichita. Yes. He has served in many different positions and capacity. 
And now he's kind of shifted gears. Like I said, he's still working in Recycle. But uh, the last several years, he has really started focusing on our advocacy. He serves as our advocacy chair, helping support our 20-plus advocacy team volunteers who are tracking, you know, more than two dozen projects across the city and region. So we literally, we keep him busy daily with emails about, what about this intersection? What about this project? Right. Did Um, you see this article? (laughs) We are also excited. Alan was recently... uh, nominated and appointed to serve on the city's Bicycle and Pedestrian Advisory Board by the mayor, and he is actively communicating with a handful of city and county departments. Like I mentioned, everything from legal to law enforcement to public works, you name it, we are partnering with them uh, just to ensure that our bike ped interests are prioritized. If you're just about the fun, if that's if you're not interested in the advocacy work or a recycle shop or other things, then you've probably met Alan during one of our slow roll events, one of the Wednesday walks, or other events around town. Thank you to Alan for your leadership and significant dedication to all things Bike Walk. Thank you, Alan, so much. Just as our volunteers make the magic happen, our local business sponsors are also vital partners who not only make Wichita a better place to shop, dine, and work, but also support our mission to make Wichita a more connected, accessible city that supports everyone biking, walking, and rolling around. As our city opens back up, please shop local and support these businesses who work to make our city safer for you. REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high-quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, lightweight camping equipment, and food to support your next hike or bike trip. Bicycle Exchange is Wichita's largest bike shop, featuring all styles of bikes by Trek, Gary Fisher, Fuji, Electra Surly, and a wide range of bike accessories, gear, and clothing. They are located in Delano. Drop in and check out their selection. I know Gary's Monday night rides are rolling and quite popular. Bicycle Peddler is our local specialized dealer located on Rock Road near Central. They have a growing selection of exciting bike apparel, accessories, and a full range of services. And check out their website featuring local rides and events. And they also have a gravel ride that happens. And that is just wonderful. I hear it's quite popular with men and women uh, really getting interested in gravel riding. So check it out. Pedigo Wichita has recently opened their new location in Bradley Fair next to Trader Joe's. Pedigo features a colorful assortment of electric bikes from cruisers to cargo options. Drop in and test ride one today. You can also rent them and enjoy the Redbud Trail. Cargill Soybean and Biodiesel Plant, located on 13th Street, is producing renewable and clean burning fuel from waste and vegetable oils. The funding helped us expand our recycle shop to get more people riding, and we appreciate all that they do. Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of recycle and to support Operation Firefly Outreach that makes our streets safer for all road users. Wesley Healthcare provided a grant that enabled us to install mile markers and wayfinding etiquette signage on the Redbud Trail. The signage will not only help residents identify nearby businesses and services, but will also assist emergency services in locating you quicker in case of an emergency. 
Wesley wants to help you be active and healthy every day. Visionary Print can help you with your podcast, video, and promotional materials. And check out our online store with a variety of fun bike walk merchandise. In Spirit Kombucha will help you reach your health goals this year with their refreshing beverages that you can find in many local retailers throughout the city. And a better bar service is ready to help you take your next social gathering to the next level by providing a professional, fun bar service. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you around town. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood, or have an idea for this year, please let us know. And don't forget, we have expanded our recycle shop hours. If you need to work on your bike, want to volunteer, or check out our retail area, drop in Tuesday and Wednesdays, 2 to 6 p.m., Thursdays, 4 to 8 p.m., Friday and Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Thanks to the huge increase in biking and walking over the last two years, BWW has an ever-growing network of friends who love shopping local. If you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, contact us and we can share our 2022 sponsorship packet that includes a customized promotion plan for the rest of the year. That wraps up our show. Extra thanks to Amy and all of our volunteers for the awesome interviews and stories. We will see you out and around town.